Haventure Radio Newsline report number 2314 with a release date of Friday, March 4th, 2022, to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Medium and shortwave carrier messages into embattled Ukraine. A transatlantic triumph for a replica transmitter. And what lengths would you go to with a portable antenna? All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2314 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Wadsworth, Ohio, Stephen Kenford, N8WB. Our top story this week takes us to the medium wave and shortwave bands where broadcasters are responding to the ongoing crisis in Ukraine. Kevin Trotman, N5. PRE brings us those details. With amateur radio banned in Ukraine following the Russian invasion, broadcasts on the medium wave radio frequencies have taken on increasing importance in the past week. In the U.S., the Miami, Florida commercial shortwave station WRMI has been carrying broadcasts six days a week of Radio Ukraine International, the official overseas service of Ukraine radio on 510 kilohertz. There are no Friday broadcasts. The schedule can be found on the website at wrmi.net. There are also reports that the BBC World Service has begun carrying shortwave broadcasts directed towards Ukraine. According to the website hfunderground.com, those broadcasts began on February 24th, covering news events. In Italy, the Nexus International Broadcasting Association, an apolitical global organization, announced on its website that it has increased its transmitter power on 1323 kHz medium wave into Central and Southern Europe and has a good reach into the area of conflict as well as Poland, Romania, Belarus, and Western Russia. A note on the website says, quote, We have increased our special news coverage, adding repeats of the most informative and inspirational programs in English to support displaced people and cover the latest events in Ukraine and nearby countries, end quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. In an environment of global challenges, emergency communication becomes even more critical. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us about an international exercise that succeeded recently in sharpening ham radio's preparedness. IARU Region 1 conducted its first test of the newest tool in its emergency communications toolbox on the 26th of February. Stations representing 14 countries around the region included use of the geostationary satellite QO100 as part of their response to a simulated global emergency. There were 22 stations in all, demonstrating how the amateur radio community can be effective, passing messages despite the inevitable language barriers and equipment failures. According to Greg Mossop, G0DUB, the IARU's Emergency Communications Coordinator, the exercise was a success, underscoring how amateur radio stations can respond across a region that stretches from South Africa north through to Europe and into the United Kingdom. The next test is planned for October. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. A proposed fee to be levied on communications equipment in federal forests is a major concern for one group of hams in Michigan. Christian Kudnick, K0STH, has that story. Hams in Michigan who provide emergency communications have told local officials that because they rely on the use of a tower located inside a national forest, they may now face a new fee of $1,400 to operate. 
According to a report in the Manistee News, the Manistee County Amateur Radio Operators Club received notice from the U.S. Forest Service that there might be a fee for their use of the tower. Forest Service officials announced in December that they have proposed such fees for any communications users, including cellular phone providers, maintaining permanent equipment on Forest Service land. The agency has reopened the public comment period on the proposal through March 31st. Comments can be posted online at federalregister.gov. The American Radio Relay League has filed comments asking for ham radio operators to be exempt from the fee. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Christian Kudnick, K0STH. A transmitter that was built to honor the one used 100 years ago during the famous transatlantic test scored big during a brief CUSO party on Saturday, February 26th. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, tells us about it. It was a memorable moment as the 100-year-old vacuum tubes inside a replica of the transatlantic test transmitter powered a signal that once again spanned an ocean, and perhaps even time. For three hours, three museum volunteers put out call sign W2AN slash 1BCG on the air, marking the successful completion of repairs done since the replica's activation for the December centennial of the historic December 1921 test. Ed Gable, K2MP, Peter Such, WB2UAQ, and Bill Hopkins, AA2YV, operated for three hours from upstate New York, feeding a T antenna with lots of radials. The moment seemed right. Ed told Newsline, quote, a very nice thing happened, end quote. He said the operators crowding the bands for the weekend's 160-meter SSB contest appeared to move aside and make room for the important 375-watt transmission. Some high points? Reaching further west in the U.S. to log W8KGI in New Mexico, and crossing the ocean once more, logging OH1XX in Finland and YO2VG in Romania. Ed, the museum's curator emeritus, said this ends the 100-year celebration. He said, quote, The transmitter now goes into display mode at the museum and will wake up sometime in someone else's future, end quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. The newest advanced class license holder in Germany is a YL barely in her teens. Ed Durant, DD5LP, tells us about her. A 13-year-old girl in Germany can now join the rest of her family on the air and celebrate her recent achievement. Congratulations to Frederica Dutsch, DH9FD, who has become the country's youngest person to currently hold a Class A radio amateur licence. She follows in the footsteps of another bright YL, Laura Bergman, DL2JJ, who was only 10 years old in 2017 when holding her previous call sign of DO9JJ upgraded her licence from novice to full, joining both her parents on the air. Frederica passed her licence exam administered by BNETSA, the Federal Network Agency, and now joins her parents and her grandfather as active hams. According to a press release from the DARC, she has been a member of the German Amateur Radio Club since late last year. With her new advanced level of licence, she is permitted to transmit on all ham radio frequencies in Germany. Be listening for her on the air. For Amateur Radio Newsline, 
I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. Online nominations are now being accepted for Bill Pasternak's WA6ITF Memorial Amateur Radio Newsline Young Ham of the Year Award. Newsline's Mark Abramovich, NT3V, is the chairman of the YHOTY Award Committee and has this report. Our founder, the late Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, established this award 45 years ago to recognize the outstanding achievements of young people, boys and girls, through amateur radio. It brought him great joy to read the many nominations he forwarded to a select group of judges to choose the winner. He insisted on an independent panel of amateur radio's best to pick from the nominees. I can tell you, Bill was always thrilled with the results. I know this because Bill asked me to fill a board vacancy and serve as the chairman of the award and judging committee in 2002. I was honored that Josh Abramovich, KB3GWI, now KK4WDP, my son, was nominated by a fellow scouter to receive the award, and we met in Huntsville where Bill presented it. We lost Bill in 2015. However, his legacy lives on as the Amateur Radio Newsline staff unanimously agreed to attach his name to the award to honor his memory. Now it's up to you. We here at Newsline need your help to identify a young person 18 years or younger living in the continental USA to nominate for the 2022 award. The nomination form and details are available at our website, arnewsline.org. Now, we only accept online nominations to speed the process and make it easier for you to compile photos, letters, emails, and anything else you can think of to help us get to know the young person you're endorsing. The most important link right now in all of this is you. Don't wait until the last minute because a good nomination packet takes time to prepare. The deadline for nominations is May 31st. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mark Abramovich, NT3V. Time for you to identify your station. We're the Amateur Radio Newsline heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the N70EI repeater in Navajo and Apache counties, Arizona, on Thursdays at 7 p.m. local time. Many, many amateurs search for the biggest and best antenna. At their recent field day, however, some hams in New Zealand proved they would go to any lengths, and we do mean any lengths. Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, brings us that story. That's not an antenna. This is an antenna. Chris ZL4RA led a group on the South Island of New Zealand looking to try something different in the 2022 Jock White Memorial Field Day on the last weekend in February. Chris had scouted out a ZL3 SOTA summit. He, Russ ZL4JW and Jim ZL4JI had a plan, operating portable with a quarter kilometre long wire. Yes, portable. The antenna was to cross a gully pointing northeast to cover New Zealand and perhaps into VK as well. That's three wavelengths on 80 metres and six on 40 metres. Or, as Chris describes it, ridiculously long. It took some effort to install the 20-foot masts in the wind and rain and to run the wire. One backstake support was a problem due to the strain on it from this length of wire, but it survived. The results? Success, even with just 100 watts maximum power. Although the antenna bandwidth was a bit narrow, both transmit and receive signals were strong. Saturday brought some unexpected QRM, but by Sunday the antenna was truly 
going the distance. And that's the long and short of it. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin. ZL2BHF. If the technical side of amateur radio interests you, this next report from John Williams, VK4JJW, might be of special interest. Registration has begun for the South African Radio League's Technical Symposium, which will explore amateur radio technology. The virtual event is being held Saturday the 9th of April on the Blue Jeans platform. Presenters include Sylvain Azarian, F4GKR, President of IARU Region 1, who will talk about software-defined radio and various ham radio applications. Cor Rademeyer, ZS6CR, will discuss ways to analyse GPS position data to detect RF propagation disturbance. Brian Jacobs, ZS6YZ, will update everyone on the league's next-generation Beacon project. Other discussions will cover the AMSAT South Africa AfriCube satellites and SARL100 project, which is preparing for the league's centennial celebration. The symposium is free for members of SARL and AMSAT South Africa. Find the link to register in this week's text version of this Newsline report. For Amateur Radio Newsline... I'm John Williams, VK4JJW. The pileups have quieted down and it's all over, but the counting after the Pluto Anniversary special event held last month. Randy Sly, W4XJ, has the numbers. Over 6,500 hams reached for the stars last month, but were happy to reach a dwarf planet instead. From February 14th to the 21st, amateur radio operators celebrated the discovery of Pluto by contacting Whiskey 7 Papa and Whiskey 7 Papa Stroke Zero for the Pluto Anniversary Special Event. This annual countdown will last until the centennial of the discovery in 2030. Most of the operation took place from a trailer at the Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff, Arizona, where Clyde Tombaugh changed the understanding of our solar system on February 18, 1930. Held in conjunction with the iHeart Pluto Festival at the observatory, the event is in its second year, organized by the Northern Arizona DX Association under the coordination of Bob Wirtz and F7E. The final tally may show as many as 7,500 contacts, logged by the 18 operators at W7P and the five operators on W7P Stroke Zero, which was led by Doug Tombaugh, N3PDT, nephew of the famed astronomer. The team was contacted by stations from all 50 U.S. states and 57 countries. For QSL information, look up W7P on QRZ.com. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Randy Sly, W4XJ. If you claim it, and it has no name, you name it. That's the concept behind a new challenge from managers of the International HEMA Summit Awards Scheme. Ed Durant, DD5LP, tells us what's going on. The Southern Bavaria Association of HEMA added 101 summits to its list of those that can be activated under the award scheme on February the 26th. HEMA summits have a prominence of between 100 and 150 metres. They all have occurred with a latitude and longitude designation, but several are lacking a name. The new option allows the first activator of any summit, currently described as no name, to give that summit a name within the HEMA system. The name cannot be rude, slanderous or contain any words that are trademarked. Otherwise, use your best operating strategy when you're on the summit and then come back down and use your imagination. Submit your log along with the proposed name. For details of the scheme, visit HEMA 
www.radiolawfm.org.uk. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. In the world of DX, there's less than a year to go for the 3Y0J Bouvet Island de-expedition, according to an announcement from the team. Operators have confirmed that January 6, 2023 is their scheduled date to leave Cape Town, South Africa for their destination aboard the vessel SV Merima. The de-expedition is expected to be active for 44 days in all. The operators are building in a contingency week. Bouvet is the second most wanted DXCC entity. Be listening for Weiss, SP1, EG, Hans, DK8RE, Frank, DM5WF, and Hans, DL8UUF, operating as OH0EG from Fasta-Aland, the largest island in the Finnish archipelago. They will be on the air between April 1st and 9th, operating on 160 through 10 meters. Station OH0EG will participate in the Polish SPDX contest on April 2nd and 3rd, using CW and SSB during the contest. Outside of the contest, operators may also use the call signs as OH0-DM5WF and OH0-DK8RE. Last week, we ended our newscast with a story about boat anchors. This week, Jason Daniels, VK2LAW, tells us something about some other boats that occasionally become useful to hams in Australia, the ferries in Sydney. Now, here's an amateur radio contest that's managed to stay afloat for a number of years. But let's face it, these hams have had traditionally had a bit of help. They've boarded ferries in and around Sydney Harbour for what has customarily been a six-hour competition on UHF and VHF with their HTs. This year's event by the Waverley Amateur Radio Society is still afloat, of course. But the pandemic has taken it mostly to dry dock and shortened it to a four-hour contest. Hams, as always, adapt to circumstances. Competitors for the Sunday, March 6th event were asked to operate on land or their own boats within sight of the harbour and to avoid mingling with ferry passengers. The contest rules allow operators to use repeaters or to make contacts on simplex. The rules even permitted operating from home or mobile station. In the tricky waters of this global pandemic, the Waverley Club has adjusted, realising that what works is whatever floats your boat or not. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. With thanks to the Antique Wireless Museum, ARRL, the BBC, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, the DARC, Ed Gable, K2MP slash W2AN, Nexus... Dash IBA, Ohio Pen DX, QRZ.com, the Radio Society of Great Britain, South African Radio League, Southgate Amateur Radio News, shortwaveradio.de, SWLING Post, Waverly Amateur Radio Society, WRMI, YouTube, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer nonprofit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York and our news team worldwide, I'm Stephen Kinford, NAWB in Wadsworth, Ohio, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022. All rights reserved.